right, Bum Podcast. Bum Podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. All right, so this is going to be a contentious one. At least I want it to be contentious, right? So um, last week we talked about communication style or communication. Was it communication communication styles? Yeah, communication styles. Communication styles. And we talked about a couple of instances um, of, where communication, different styles didn't match up and trying to come to a consensus or a joint way of communicating. And I think we're going to continue this today. Um, just had the opportunity to um, be a part of a, a great event. Um, uh, I'll call him a friend, um, is, is being deployed. And it was a event for him and um, put on by his wife and his family. And, you know, just kind of, kind of everybody sharing with him, you know, you know, the good things that he's done in his life and kind of well wishes, a good send off and um, in hope, you know, well, not in hopes, but a good send off so that it will give him good cheer as he travels abroad um, being deployed for a year. And I think it was great. I mean, it was a bunch of communication going on. I think it was, was awesome. His, his um, two sons had an opportunity to talk to him and tell him some things. And I think that was good as well. Um, and it, it, it's, it, those, those, those instances, when they come about, it really, it's really good. But it brings me, it makes me think about just communication between the ages, I guess. And, and, and like looking at, at T and I, when we communicate, um, it's, it's sometimes a barrier of communication and not really understanding where that barrier comes in. But just, I know something is trying to be said and something is trying to be heard and understood. And then something is trying to be said because we talk about communication being sender and receiver. And so um, from a, a, a old head or father's perspective, I'm going to try to communicate or try to talk about my communication style and what I think communication is and needs to be. And then I'm going to invite you, T, from your perspective to talk about your communication style and what you think communication should and needs to be. What do you think about that? Um, cool. Cool. That's let's, it. Let's do it. See, that's it. See, I, I I talked for two minutes and he talked for two seconds. Communication. There we yeah. go. Um, so it, it's 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 amazing. I don't I don't have I don't have my my. Can can you look up communication for me so we can get a good the definition a good, a good definition of communication? Because I want I want to hear what Miriam Webster or somebody has to say about communication as we dive into this. Again, I've always learned that communication is sender and receiver. I say it all the time. Um, you have a sender, you have um, the message, you have a receiver. And um, I, I, I think that's communication for everybody, but things get muddled and lost in the sauce, I guess. And just trying to kind of understand. Lost in the sauce. Yeah, lost in the sauce, man. And so um, just trying to understand how as everyone moves forward, you know, me, T, um, e you know, everybody, as we move forward, Understanding their different communication styles, how can we, um, I guess, take into account other people's communication styles and what they need as we um, try to communicate to them and need information in return? So, you got it? Yes. All right, good. Communication, as told by Merriam Webster. Merriam Webster. Uh, a process by which information is exchanged between individuals through a common system of symbols, signs, or behavior. Common symbol. I'm a, com a common. A common what? A common system, a common system. of symbols, signs, and behavior. Symbols, signs, and behaviors. It don't even say nothing about words, man. What's up with that? Um, we got another definition in there. You asked for this one. Man. I didn't. know I'm saying another one. I mean, you know, because sometimes they have it's one, two, three, four. B is personal rapport. Or two, information communicated, information transmitted or conveyed. Uh, a system of telephone, uh, a system as of telephones and computers for transmitting or exchanging information. Nothing about words. Nothing about words. That's interesting. That's interesting. That might be what the problem is. Miriam, you failed us. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, see, go ahead. Uh, from the American Heritage Dictionary, the exchange of thoughts, messages, or information as by speech signals, writing, or behavior. All right, that sounds more like it. So, Marion, we ain't going to use you no more. We don't throw you out the window because mm -hmm. you didn't communicate appropriately. <laughs> um, and so, so I guess the thing, the, the, the one of the things that was stuck out for me was common. Common. And unfortunately, when you have two individuals or three individuals or a group of individuals, uh, things aren't so common, if that makes sense. And so, um, how, do you, how do you assess the person across from you or the person on the other side of the phone or the person on the other side of the text message, assess them and 
um, receive what they're extending or give them what you want them to have in such a way that the interaction is productive. Say that again. Okay. So if you're sitting on one side of the room and you, I'm on the other, like we are right now, right. or if you're sitting on the other side of the phone and a phone call, if you're sitting on the other side of the phone and a text message, what I'm saying is, so sitting here, if I'm sending a message to you, what can I do or what should I do to make sure that the message that I'm sending is being received the way I'm sending or vice versa? Talking about me specific, just in general. Just in general. Or, I mean, uh, so. What can you do? Pay attention? Listen? Pay attention to what? To the other person or wh- how, whatever you're trying to communicate to. Give me an example. An example? Uh-huh. Um, if you're saying something to somebody, if you look in their face and their eyes and just pay attention to their reaction, it's possible that you can kind of gauge how they're taking the information. Okay, that's if you're sitting across the room from them. Uh-huh. How about if you're on the phone? If you're on the phone, uh, I guess generally you would take it by vo- vocal inflection. Vocal inflection. So do they teach vocal inflection in school? No. Okay, so that kind of messes stuff up. All right. What if it's on the text? They don't message? teach anything about communicating in school. I, you, and, and that may be our problem. I mean, you know, as a as a as a nation, that may be our problem because we you aren't know, we aren't really sure about how to communicate. Go ahead. I was watching a video earlier today, or I watched a video earlier today, mm-hmm. which this is. Um, related but not related. Uh-huh. But it was talking about why don't they teach about taxes and finance and school and things like that. Uh, and this person went through this long line of basically how we're conditioned mm-hmm. in the country. Like you're conditioned, you have to go to college. And then you rack up um, student debt. And you have to take out loans. Um, and then like loans from the bank. And then you go forth and you join the workforce which is the most heavily ta- taxed um, people in the country. And all these, th- these things is building up and basically making you um, consistent cash flow. Mm-hmm. Whereas if that's taught, then you're less likely to become that consistent cash flow. And so it's part of a conditioning because it's not really about independence or knowing. It's about how you, um, I guess, affect the system. Now, that's a very good... I like I like that I I like what you're saying, I like what you're saying. It causes a problem, but I like what you're saying. And it causes I, a problem. What's the problem? Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you because I want to explore it. I, I really do want to explore it because if you're telling me that the road most traveled is the road that least likely leads you to personal success, I agree. Okay, so 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 you agree with that. Yes. So then why is it so difficult when someone tells you something, advises you something, or asks you something that seems to be an anomaly that is not likely to be followed, accepted, or understood? Did that make sense? Why is it so hard to follow somebody that tells you something right. that seems to be an anomaly? Right, because if if you think about it, and this is not this is not personal. It's like I mean, anywhere. Like if you think about it, if you think about a parent, right? Um, let's use school for an example. Let's use school for an example. I have an example as well. Oh, you, okay, you give me your example. Go ahead. Um, well, I was just gonna kind of talk about. I think it's a conversation that I told you about that I had with some people about um, Kyrie Irving. And the world's fl- flat, flat, right. flat. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. We were having a conversation, turned into heated debate because I guess that's just the way I swing things. I guess I don't know. Mm. People say I, I, I don't know. Mm. Oh, but basically, I can't even remember how it started. But they were saying that he's he he's not smart. He's not intelligent. Something like that. And basically, my argument was he could be very intelligent. And they ended up talking about. Well, wasn't he just talking about the earth was flat or he's a flat earther? How smart could he be and things like that? And so that kind of got me into a conversation, which is funny because that was in the air for me at the time. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing a lot of things talking about conspiracy theories and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it takes a level of intelligence or independence to believe something like that because you're choosing to go against the natural flow 
of what people tell you to believe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's harder to make a decision to actively believe differently than to kind of go with the path of least resistance. So I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and not not carrying on the flat earth conversation, but Oh, that's another thing that I was gonna say though. What? Because people are conditioned to think a certain type of way about ideas. Now me, I don't necessarily believe that the flat earth conspiracy is true, mm-hmm. but I'm a person that actually has done research into the flat earth theory and there's a lot more to it than just the earth being flat. But the average person doesn't know that. And so they hear flat earth theory or they're told flat earth theory, oh, that's crazy, oh, that's dumb. But nobody actually does their due diligence to make their decision on things themselves. Okay. And they just listen to what they're told. And so when somebody tells you something that kind of goes against what everything else is pushing you to do or every the natural way society is pushing you, things like that, it causes a conflict and belief within yourself. It does. I agree. I agree. And it's interesting that you would say that as well. Um, I, I had a friend once to tell me, the problem with students nowadays is they don't want to learn, they just want to know. Right. Right? And so um, what that looks like for me is, again, if somebody tells you something that goes against the grain, if again, because if you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, I know what they're telling me to do. They're just putting me in a, um, a line with sheep, okay? Or they're putting me on a conveyor belt. That, I mean, it's just like, the education system is not doing me any good. It's just putting me in this regular um, recyclable thing. Okay, if that's the way you want to look at education as far as um, setting you up to be a consumer and not to be a, um inventor, setting you up to be a consumer and not to be somebody who um, invests, uh, it's setting you up to um, follow a pattern, follow a path that pays into a system that never really pays you back. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. And then somebody tells you that's not the way to do it. Like, it's more advisable for you to do it another way. It's going to be harder, but it's more advisable. So then what's the decision that's being made to say, you know what, I know this is not to my benefit, but since it's easy, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't think that's the, um, I don't think that's what's happening. Okay, tell me what you think. I don't think that's the internal debate or the internal discussion that's going on. Mm -hmm. I think it's a conflict of belief. Because when you hear one thing that kind of conflicts or contradicts what you've been told, now you have to decide whether you believe what you've been told. And that's on more of an ongoing basis than just a term-to-term basis. So, like, some people are told you have to go to college to get a job, just for an example. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody tells them, well, I've seen what you do and what you're interested in, and I, I honestly don't think that college has to be something that you – or college is something that you have to do to do what I see in you that you want to do. Now they have this conflict of belief because they've been groomed to believe that they needed to go to college more so than thinking about myself and, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Or like you see a lot of that push with parents push their, their children to go into certain fields to make more money or things like that. And so when somebody tells them, Honestly, you don't seem like your interest lies there. It seems like your interest lies here. And if you pursue that in a way, you could make as much or things like that. It causes a conflict of belief in people. Now, I, so, so okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm shaking my head over here. I'm, 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 I'm buying what you're saying. I'm buying what you're selling. So it's not that I'm buying what you're selling. It's just that that's not the path I was going down. What path um, are you going down? The path I'm going down, because in this case, you're saying the parent is telling you something, and you're actually listening to the parent. Right. Right? I'm talking about the converse of that. Like, if the parent is telling you, Hey, I think this is good for you, uh-huh. right? But like, it and I don't know. I don't know how how much is is happening nowadays. But um, when I was growing up, it'd be like everybody's doing it, and then my, you know, you know, your parents would be like, "Well, if everybody jump off the bridge, you gonna jump off the bridge too?" Uh-huh. That kind of thing. And so, um, I'm, I'm I'm saying, if you know it's not necessarily beneficial to you, but you want to do it because everybody does it, and somebody that's credible telling you something to do something do something different. What is it that makes you not want to do it? I mean, and, and, and going back to communication style, so we don't get away from communication style, is it something about the way that information is being communicated to keep you, that keeps you from doing it? I mean, there's po- that's possible. I always think there's a, um, I can't even say, like people understand information in different ways, receive information mm-hmm. in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, which is another conversation that I've had with somebody. But 
I think. What do I think? Don't know. Repeat the question. It was more. So if somebody's telling you something, right? Like a parent is telling you something, and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, look, I, I, you know, I, I see you. I consider you. This is what I think you need to do." But it's not necessarily what everybody in your circle is doing. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you discount what that person who is well-meaning tells you, who says they see you, and go with the masses, even though you may know that the, what the masses is doing is not necessarily the most beneficial thing? Uh, they probably relate more to the masses. They relate more to the masses. Even though they know that what the masses is doing is not the most beneficial thing? Even when they know. Um, do they know? Let me, okay, so, 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 okay. Okay, that's a good question. Let me ask you this. If you, your parent, again, and, and, and this is not everybody's parent. I would, I would wish that it would be everybody's parent, um, but this is not everybody's parents. But if your parent is well-meaning, not me, for instance, well-meaning, um, and... I support what you say you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so in saying I support what you want to do, I'm researching and trying to figure out ways to make you successful at what you want to do, right? And for the listeners, this is not an issue that we're having now. We're just communicating. Um, so I, I just want to throw that out there. So, because I mean, this, 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 this conversation is taking a tangent. It's highly hypothetical. It's highly hypothetical. But just say for instance, and so I'm telling you that, okay, um, T, based upon you know everything you said, everything I know, everything I've researched, all the all of the um, omens in the ether, right? Um, you should do this, but all your friends are doing something different, and you say, "Well, I relate more to my friends than I relate to you, who is doing this." So here's the problem I have with that, or here's a question I would ask you: Are your friends taking into account? Or is your group or the group that you're considering that you are more relatable to taking into account everything that the person who's communicating to you that they see a better path for you is taking? So is that group that you're comfortable following taking into account you the same way the person who's asking you to do something differently is taking into account you? Um, this comes with the territory of it very highly depends on the person, but I feel like there can be like a lot of people feel, I mean, just in general, almost code switching, almost like people are different based on their audience. I understand that. I understand code switching. I don't understand how what you're saying relates. Well, this is how I'm going to relate. There we go. Uh-huh. So they're different based on their audience. Some people feel like they're more, they're most, they're the most free version of their self or they're the most represented emotionally or things like that when they're with friends mm-hmm. and people that they feel that are on their level and that their space in life. Got it. Mm-hmm. And they can feel a sense of detachment from somebody that seems to be in a different space. Oh, they don't understand what this is like for us right now. Yes, that's, I'm never getting to the heart of where I want to go. Let's go. Um, and so because it's, you feel like there's that lack of understanding, it causes you to listen more to who seems like they're in a place where they understand what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is you have people that are in the same space of you right now, but not necessarily the same space of you in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be heavily taken into account when it comes to listening to listening to people and making decisions about what will affect your future or other people's future. Okay. So that so that, that is the heart of my question. Because the question is like, so let me ask you a question. And, and and I can I can ask myself the same question, but I'm gonna put you on the spot about your boys, right? Mm-hmm. So do your boys consider who T is one hundred percent and what T is all about 100% and what T says he wants to do 100% when it goes against what they want to do. I doubt it. Okay. Probably not. Okay. Because I can say the same thing for me. Like, I'm like, when, you know, when I was hanging out with my boys, like, nah, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's why, like, even with marriage, I'm like, you know, 
if you're a married man, you know, you might want to find some married friends instead of right. some single friends. Because honestly, their thrust is not going to be what your thrust is. And so with that being said, again, so now that when it comes down to this barrier of communication, the people who are well-meaning, and they could be loud at times, but well-meaning, who are more um, wet blankets, you know, they're not doing, I mean, they're not asking me to do what I want to do. Or they're not telling me to do stuff that lines up with what I think will be fun, but my boys or whomever are, and so I'm going to continue to do what they're telling me to do. Even though, are you saying you do that even though you know that to be the truth, or are you saying... Even though you know what to be the truth. Like, if, if you know, like, say for instance, I'm telling you to do something, right? Uh -huh. And you don't want to do it because what I'm telling you to do is not like what your boys are telling you to do. Uh -huh. Are you following me? I'm following. Okay, so what I'm saying is, do you ignore what I tell you to do because it's not fun or not popular, or do you lose sight of the fact momentarily that what I'm saying is of more value than the group that you're with? Or is there a third option? I would say probably more the second version. Uh, um, this is going heavy into hypothetical for me. That's cool. Oh, so you want me to get pull it back to real? I don't know, not even pull it back to Like, this is um more outside of my normal realm of thought. But like, you go through it every day. But that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't necessarily match the terms in which I think about the situation. Okay. Well, then let me let me hear the terms you think about the situation. Um, I feel like it would definitely be more of the second one. Um, talk about myself personally. Mm -hmm. I'm a very I guess my thought process is more centered around, well, that would, how do I say that? <laughs> I was basically about to say self-centered. Hey, self-centered is a word. But, you, uh, because you, I was about to say my thoughts are more centered around self. Uh-huh. They're self-centered. Uh, but I mean, that sounds like self-centered. So can I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I throw something out there before you go? Okay. I'm with you 100%. 100%. And so what I was going to say was you can consider yourself as being the boys. There you go. Okay. Because I was going to say, me, I don't really... I mean, it even goes back to like that conspiracy theory, flat earth and all that. I went and did my own looking into things. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily just follow any one group more than the other because of a feeling of something. I'm more of a looking into it myself type of person. So for me, it would be a probably more of a lose sight or more of a chew up the fish and spit out the bones. Mm -hmm. But then it would be chew up, and fish, chew up the fish and spit out the bones from my perspective. Right. <laughs> you got that splinter in your face again, huh? Uh -huh, whatever, yeah. Man. So, so, so which, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because that that gets to the heart of it, really. Because you're right. So sometimes it's not about our boys. It's sometimes about us. Like I know for me, I become I'm, I become strangely more aware of myself every day. Right. Uh -huh. Um. It's almost like the path to enlightenment. And so on that path to enlightenment, I have to ask myself hard questions, and I have to accept hard answers. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I think that's very important. It is very important. I was just thinking about that earlier. Well, today, that's great. But go ahead. And so, um, like I was, I was, I um, I, I sent out an email today, and it was about um a, a situation I've been dealing with over the last few whatevers, right? Over the last few weeks or something, right? And 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 I apologized to the person that I was sending it to, and it wasn't even about them, but I was like, look, let me tell you something. I got off track. I began to look at this wrong. Because somebody gave me a piece of information and I changed my total perspective on how I looked at somebody based upon the information that I was given. And I didn't even vet the information. Uh -huh. Now, the person who gave me the information was in a position to know what they were talking about. So it wasn't that. It wasn't I just took some erroneous information. But rather than truly testing what was given me, I... I, I, I probably accepted it more so than I should have. Well, a little more than I should have. And I realized at the point, yeah, I'm making decisions based upon this information that somebody gave me. Now, they well-meaning and they, they, they should know what they're talking about, but just because they should know what they talk about doesn't mean that it... it I mean, because again, it's coming from their perspective. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so I didn't test it on the universal perspective. I tested it based on their perspective. And so that might have sounded convoluted. But, but anyway, but I became aware of myself today to say, hey, dang, man, look, you just did that. You right. might want to check that. 
Um, I'll say, like, for me, I typically take everything through a lens of, well, no, that's not how to say what I'm thinking. Not when you self-centered. I, th- I take, um, I guess I vet everything through bias mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So when I receive information, I take it with the thought process of stamp from the standpoint of that person's going to have some bias in the way that they say that or the way that they receive that. Mm-hmm. And so how separating the parts of it. It's funny. So I'm, I'm going to say something about your mom. I hope she don't kill me for this. But I remember when you was growing up, right? And your mom would always say, I'm super hard on you. And so because I was super hard on you, she would be super easy on you, uh-huh. right? It's almost like trying to, trying to overcompensate for how easy she would be to compensate for how hard I would be. Uh-huh. And so when, when I just heard you say that, it reminded me of that because I think by looking at things and, and when, I'm, I'm, when, when, when I'm hearing what you're saying or when you hear what I say and you say, well, what he's saying is biased, right? Uh-huh. First of all, you don't give me the authenticity that I deserve. And that's for anybody, right? You don't give them the authenticity that they deserve. Well, 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 if you look, if, if, if you're looking at it, think about it now. If somebody is truly authentic, right, truly authentic, and what they, what they mention to you or what they say to you is not from a biased position. Because, see, that's what my problem was with, with the scenario I just gave you. The, 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 what, what I got, I got from a biased position, and I accepted it as authentic. Okay? So that's what the deal was. As opposed to accepting it as information and testing the information as being authentic, I took that bias as authentic, and I didn't test it. I just applied it. Uh-huh. And so my thing is, you're right. Most people come to you from a biased position. But I think every time someone communicates with you, right, and that's why you know communication sender receiver is important to me, because every time somebody communicates with you, even when you can't see their eyes, you are, you, you, there ought to be some litmus test that you use to wipe away the bias, right? right. Not the information. Because the thing is, if you no, perceive, no, you didn't, you didn't. Okay, so what I'm saying is, different path. Um, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, so what I heard you say was, I take what somebody says, and I realize they have some bias, right? Uh-huh. And so when I apply it, I apply it, and I'm, 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 I'm aware of, and leery of the bias. Is that not what you said? Okay. And so what I'm saying is, wait, but, let me say that audibly. Yeah, that 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 could suit. <laughs> that could fit. So what I'm saying is, and so what if what I'm telling you is not biased? Uh-huh. What if what I'm telling you is like, I think how to say the God honest truth. No, everything's not biased. Everything's not biased because here's the thing. So, so, so when I say you got to ask yourself honest questions and accept honest answers, uh-huh. that comes from a place of not being biased. So the thing is, when you look at it, so, so bias to me. Well, let me see. Hold on. Yeah. Bias to me. I'm not talking about just looking through a lens. Bias to me means that I accept it, and that's why. I am giving it. Okay, if you tell me that this room is warm, okay, uh-huh. I accept the fact that this room is warm, and so everybody that comes in this room, I'm going to say, all right, the room's a little warm now. The room's a little warm. That's bias mm-hmm. because I'm accepting it, the room being warm as truth when in actuality the room's not warm, right? I can leave it up and say, hey, would you come in, you know, I can even say, come in. Some people think it's warm. Some people think it's cold. Figure it out for yourself. That's not from a place of bias. The place of bias is when I am using what I feel to be true to influence what I'm saying to you, as opposed to when giving you just the God's honest truth, I guess is the, the, the easiest way to say it. Mm-hmm. And so and, it's and, very um, far into hypothetical. No, that, that wasn't hypothetical at all. Okay. I mean, I felt that in my shot now. No, for, for real. So, so what I'm saying is like, so T, if I tell you, if I tell you, um, based upon my knowledge, the trash man comes at 8 o'clock in no, the No, I understand what you said. Okay, so why you say it's hypothetical? Maybe no, hypothetical is not the root word you need. I would say that was a very, like a hypothetical situation. Okay, whatever. Um, so, yes, I agree with you saying. What I'm saying is when you're saying... Where I could be like, all right, some find it hot, some find it cold. Mm-hmm. You do what you want for the information. That's the filter that I give to typical information. Not all, like, so I treat everything as if it could be biased. Mm-hmm. And if I look into it and I feel like it was one of those situations, some find it hot, some find it cold, 
and I'll take it as it is, as authentic. But I always vet for bias. Is what, what I would say. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I, I won't go no further than that. I'll, 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 I'll accept that. So let's go to the other part of communication, right? Execution. Uh-huh. Execution. So if you know somebody is well-meaning, we, we, we established that. You know somebody's well-meaning. They're saying to you something that goes against what you might want to receive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh because of friends or because of being self-centered. Either way, or because it's just against the conventional norm. What is it that the sender can do, the sender of this information can do to implore you to receive, understand, and execute? Or, because there's another side to that, or because you're at choice as to whether you execute or not. Mm-hmm. But the, res- the to close the communication loop, if you have no intentions on executing, then your goal would be to say, I have no intentions on executing. Because that closed the communication loop. Because if the sender sends and understand, when the sender sends the information, know that the information is received and nothing is reciprocated, how does the sender get confirmation that the message is heard or understood? Does that make sense? So the sender says something. If somebody says something Mm -hmm. and they get no form of confirmation that the message was received mm-hmm. how do they know it was received mm-hmm. if they if they if, 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 if the person sitting in front of you right uh-huh. and the person sitting in front of you and they see you see them say something uh-huh. they assume you heard uh-huh. right if a person's on the phone and they hear you hear them and you say something audible like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. right it's assumed that you heard mm-hmm. if someone sends you a text message or an email and you respond, mm-hmm, or okay, it's assumed that you received the message, right? But the other side of that is the execution of the information that was given. Uh-huh. And so what do you do with that? Like, if it's, a, if it's a request, what do you do with that information? If you As a receiver, what do you do with that information? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't know what you mean by the question. Okay, so if you ask me to do something, ask me to do something. Um, take out the trash. Okay. Uh huh. What was the message that you received back in response? That you heard me, but you're not going to do it. Why did you receive the information that we're going to do it? Um, personal bias, probably. Oh, personal bias. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I said okay. Mm-hmm. So if it didn't give off a vibe of me of um, I accept what you said and I'm going to act upon it. Oh, okay. And so how could I better answer that? Sure, I'll get right to that. Okay. And so since you didn't. Sure, I'll do that. Okay. So since you didn't receive that, then what should you have done to close the communication loop? Um, Did you hear me? Are you going to do it? Well, you did hear me. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? So, so the question always be, are you going to do it? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just, I mean, again, as, as we talk about communication, because I think that's, that's what communication gets so dicey, um, especially among, I, I, I'll say, familial people, uh-huh. right? Because being familial comes with a, a expectancy of reciprocation of communication. Right, mm-hmm. execution on request, unless unless otherwise communicate. And so, what happens in not just familial situations, but what happens more often than not in work situations, right? It's like if a boss asks you to do something, and you are sitting in front of the boss, and the boss hears you. I mean, the boss see you, hear him, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't execute what the boss asks you to do, there are consequences, right? And so 
if you if you got a contract with somebody, you somebody's contracted you to do some work. It don't even have to be your boss, but I mean, in this case, they're your boss because they contracted you. But if somebody contracts you to do some work and you receive compensation for the work that they're compens- that they're asking you to do, that's your uh-huh. And so what then is the consequence of not executing? Or what should the consequence be of not executing? Or should there be a consequence for not executing? Depends on the situation, the person. It depends on a lot of things. Like what? What do you mean like what? I mean, what you said depends on the situation. Depends on the situation, execution, the person. It's, so if you, if you pay. a lot of variables for that. So let's check this out. So pay, you pay me to plait your hair, uh-huh. right? So you say, okay, father, I want you to pat my hair, and I'm going to give you $100, mm-hmm. $200. No, you, you're going to give me $500. I'm going to give you $500 to plat my hair, right? Why are you looking at me like that? So should I take a bias from how you just looked at me? Like I ain't going to pay you $500 to do my hair? I'm think what you want to think. I'm just saying. I, you see, I'm not trying to think what I want to think. I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand because communication is about understanding. So if, if, if you say, okay, father, I want you to do my hair, I'm going to give you $50 to do my hair. I have to put it right there. I'm going to give you $50 to do my hair. Okay. And I said, okay, and I accept your fifty dollars, but I don't do your hair. Mm-hmm. What's the breakdown in communication there? I don't think there's a breakdown in communication. That's I think that's just lack of execution. Lack of execution. So is there something that could have been done better in the communication phase to ensure that the lack of, lack of execution would not have been the problem? No, I don't think so. I think communication can go on, but at the end of the day, only the person decides what they do. So then it's going down to accountability. I guess. Okay. Okay. Because I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, again, I mean, this, this whole communication thing is blowing me for a while, you know, just trying to understand, because um, my stance is communication center receiver, and so as long as you send the message and you make sure that the message is received, then execution should take place. And when execution doesn't take place, then that's the next step. It's like, okay, so how do you ensure? And whose responsibility is it to close the loop of communication? The world may never know. I don't know. You think it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well. I think I just have a... um. Maybe a cynical outlook on life. Explain that. But um, I don't ever, I don't really expect anything of uh, people, honestly, of a person. Like if I say something, I don't necessarily expect somebody to understand me. Or I don't necessarily uh, expect somebody to act on it. But a person earns my respect if they do. Um, okay. That sounded morbid. That's that's why I said it could be cynical. But um like I don't know. Like I feel like in a lot of things, especially with people my age, my thought process about things is a little different. Than people your age? Uh-huh. Okay. And so if I have a conversation with somebody, I don't necessarily expect them to understand what I'm saying at the time that I say it. Or I don't necessarily expect somebody to act because I might say something that makes somebody uncomfortable or it's different than what they're used to doing. I get that. But so so but, but what if the communication because things are so interdependent, right? So what if the communication requires like I, it, it's, and 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 I, and, I, and the thought that just came to my mind well maybe this big boy stuff that was the thought that came to my mind it could be but it's not I mean but but then that means that that means that because my thought was so far my mitigation of that has I been I don't set myself up to depend on people to do something but then that's but that then, then I was gonna say finish my thought Go ahead. but down the line it's like there comes a point where that is that has to happen um. So I don't, I don't know. So no, but but can I tell you something? Well, let me let me let me throw this out here. No, I can't tell you something. I might can, but 
Maybe it's that you don't realize how many opportunities or things have been missed based on that lack of expectancy. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, like, say, for instance, so, so basically what I heard you say was there have been no consequences of this thought process yet, but maybe one day down the line it will be. Maybe one day down the line it might have to change. Right. But what I'm asking you is maybe the consequences have been coming about. Uh-huh. You've just been oblivious to those consequences. And when you realize the consequences, the, the, when you realize the um, severity of the consequences, it may be too late to repair the issue. Because that's, that's, that, that, to me, that's a, um, it, it was a, it was a um, reactive way of thinking as opposed to a, um, whatever the, the opposite of reactive is, proactive. Way of thinking. I saw. I see it opposite way. Explain. Um. Because proact. I feel like proactively, it's a, a case of I don't set myself up to be disappointed or set myself up to be caught out if something doesn't happen on somebody else's end. Well, I mean, yeah, that's basically it. So let me explain to you where I see an issue with that. And it's not necessarily your issue, but I see an issue. Expectation is the thing that drives action, uh-huh. right? Expectation is the thing that drives action. And so if you ask, empty ask, without an expectation, you won't get action. And you will grow to a place where people don't take you serious because you don't have an expectation of them. And so that's why I said reactive because what what, will happen is when you get frustrated with people not taking you seriously, then the mountain blows. As opposed to developing a character of expectation from people so that people, because people are still at choice as to whether they meet your expectation or not but at least they'll know you have an expectation. I've, I've told you um, before. No, I disagree. Well, you, I don't disagree, uh-huh. but I think you're attrib- 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 attributing. No? Well, yeah, that works. Okay. You're attributing that um, was falsely placed, I guess. I don't understand that. Um, so as far as expectation, it's not that kind of not expectation. I, I expect the people that I keep in my life or around me to like reach a certain level of expectation. I just don't expect the typical person to reach that level of expectation. So what you're saying is what you said when the blanket statement it was about the, the, the random person walking on the street. I I guess what I was saying what I was really saying was, like I said, I don't expect you to do it, but you gain my respect if you do. Mm-hmm. So for like the typical situation. I'll say something, and as far as expectation, if this, I'm going to continue to, like, I guess be in partnership with this person or deal with this person, that is the expectation for that to be met. I just don't ex- have the typical expectancy of people to reach that expectation for me. So why do you even ask them to do anything? Because, I mean, it's always a litmus test. So what you're saying is, because, I mean, I, 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 well, I can't use that analogy, but, yeah, I, I, I always say that I... It, 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 it's not necessarily a test, but I always, because again, I, I, I allow you to be a choice. I allow you to be a, be, to be a choice. Right. I still have an expectancy about what I ask anybody to do. I don't ask empty ask. Like it's, I don't ask empty ask either. Okay, uh, but what I'm saying is if you're saying it's a litmus test, you're saying the first time I ask somebody something, if they meet the litmus test, then I continue a relationship. If they don't meet the litmus test, then I won't. Right? right? And so, and, and it could be a flaw in me. It could be a flaw, a flaw in me. Because everybody doesn't meet, everybody does not reciprocate or everybody does not close their communication loop by either executing or saying that they are not going to execute, right? And that gets to be frustrating, uh-huh. which is why I have this, why I want to talk about this communication thing at all. And so the thing is, um, but it tell, it, it'll tell you something. It'll, to me, it tells you more about a person's character when they know there's an expectation and they don't, they decide that they don't want to meet it 
and they right. don't communicate it, then it will if you just ask somebody something and there's no real expectation and they don't do it. But no, I don't communicate things in a way if I don't expect this. Just internally, I don't necessarily, like I don't bank myself on people reaching the expectation. Okay, so so like say, um, I'm like I'm gonna go here. When you meet me there, bring lunch. Type thing. I expect them to bring lunch, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna take a snack. Okay, so and so, if they don't bring lunch, then going forth, I so I know there's no trust I'm, can I'm, be I'm, had. There. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because uh-huh. what you t- what you're teaching them is that you don't you 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 don't a you're not gonna hold them accountable and you don't trust them. Well, me, I'm not going to hold them accountable. Because here's the thing. If you ask me to bring you lunch, uh-huh. right, and I agree to bring you lunch, right. if I forget to bring you lunch, uh-huh. I need you to tell me you agreed to bring me lunch and you didn't bring it. Yeah, and I would say that. But what I'm saying is, but what you're saying is, I'm going to bring my lunch anyway. And so when I tell them that, it ain't going to really hurt me that but you ain't bring me lunch. Tell well, yeah, okay. Right, and so my point is, my point is, it didn't you, really hurt me that you. Right, and so it doesn't I mean, change if I don't, my action. If I can't trust you, then I don't do. But it, but some, but but well, here's the thing. Like sometimes you. Well, see, I guess I'm a developmental it. person. I'm a developmental person. So right. So well, I yeah, because you work with people that you're trying to develop them to a place. No, I, it's, it's no. I, I'm a developmental person. With everybody in my everybody, I, anybody that enters into my life, I'm a developmental person for. Now, what I do say is, I don't remediate. Now, I give you a first time. It it doesn't have to be a, a youth. It don't have to be a young adult. It can be somebody older than me. I'm a developmental person. And so my thing is this. If I ask you to do something and you agree to do it and you don't, I'm going to say something because I expected it to happen. Now, you have the right to say, well, you know what? I decided it wasn't important enough to me. Now, when you say that to me, now I know where to put you. It could be, guess what? Hey, I was running late, right? And I tried to decide, should I stop and get something to eat or should I stop and get something to eat and make them wait? Or should I just go and say, hey, let's just go get something to eat together? Uh-huh. That's development. That's how you build relationship. And I think our whole existence should be about building relationship. And the only way you can build a relationship is to have expectations and accountability. I'm not saying have like a higher expectation than anything else. But what I'm saying is when you're in a casual relationship with somebody, who realizes that there's no expectation for them, they treat you that way and they don't take you serious. I can get, and you know, and I, I, I don't want to start talking about relationships and we're getting kind of long in this, but even if, if, if you, if you can sit back and just um, evaluate a lot of pseudo romantic relationships, that's where they fall apart because it's like, um, there's no real expectation. People don't establish expectations. Right. They don't establish expectations. I just watched a video on that today. Okay. Well, there you go. So I don't have to say it no more. Um, well, I will say for me personally, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a very casual relationship person. Not talking about, um, I can't remember the word that you just used, pseudo-romantic. Pseudo-romantic. Just in general, I'm not a very casual relationship person. Right, but you think about all the relationships that you lost. You, you, I mean, you don't know, the, you don't, you, you won't know the loss of them, but think about, and, I'm, and it's not even talking about romantic, romantic relationships, I'm talking about friendships in general. Like, right. think about all of them that you passed up or that you let go that were really there that was supposed to be the bedrock of your existence. Mm-hmm. But because you didn't want to see it as more than that, they didn't evolve. I didn't want to see it. Uh, that's the only thing I can make up to, 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 to say that, you know, if you didn't want to hold expectation high because there was a litmus test and they didn't match the litmus test and you didn't hold them accountable, and so they didn't meander out of your life. I mean, but where's the not holding people accountable? I don't see where you're getting that from. Well, I was just saying, if you, because because if, if what you're saying is if they fail the litmus test, then they, they leave. No, I'm not saying they leave. I'm saying I remove them from my life. That's the point. They're they gone. That's what I'm uh-huh. saying. As opposed to rehabilitating somebody who screwed up one time. Like, yeah. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Like, so if somebody screwed up one time and you let them know, hey, that wasn't cool, right? That could be the thing that cements your relationship. Because mm-hmm. they realize that, you know what, that person really, you could be the very first person that ever counted on them to do anything. Mm-hmm. And because you held them accountable, it made them walk into their, their real self. Okay. Because the flip side of the coin is, and we talked about this as, as far as um, 
working relationship concern. The flip side of coin is when you are delivering something to somebody who doesn't expect a complete project, and so you stop giving them a complete project. Remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. And so that's my thing. My thing is we, if, 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 in relationships and in communication, if we're being authentic with our communication, if we ask for what we want, right, um, and if we answer with authenticity when we're asked of, and again, like we talked about last week, if you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it, right? I think the communication loop then begins to operate. But there's a breakdown in communication when you can ask somebody something, they pretend like they're going to do it, they don't say they're not going to do it, and then nothing happens. You're just looking at me. Okay. That's, I didn't really follow that. You didn't follow that? No. So, communication loop again. All right, we, we're running along. Communication loop. I ask you to do something. You say, okay. You don't do it. If you don't do it, if I say, hey, what we talked about this, and you said you were going to do it, now communication is happening. If I ask you to do something, you do it, communication happens. But if I ask you to do something and you don't do it, but you said you were going to do it, and I don't say, hey, um, you said you were going to do it, I just kick you out of my life, now communication doesn't happen. That's what he's saying. I don't see where you're getting that from. That's what you said. That's not what I said. What did you say? You keep you keep saying or attributing it to me not holding people accountable. It's not that I don't hold people accountable. If you say you're going to bring something, like if you said you're going to do it and you didn't do it, I'm going to address it. Okay. But I will also let you know that that was a moment of a breach of, of trust. Okay. Or respect from me. Okay. And so if we are to continue further, that would be a thing. But then for me... That's no longer a person that I depend on unless that goes they go forth and show something that they're worthy of being dependent on. Okay, so that's fine. So what I was saying was, now I hear how you I hear how you address it. Uh-huh. But what I was saying was, but if it does not happen, that if if they don't do it and it's not addressed, the communication loop is never closed. I agree. That may not be what you're doing, but that's what I was saying. Uh-huh. All right, so we're cool? Cool. All right, bone podcast. Bone podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. At 53 minutes. Holla. Holla. <laughs>